we pray one more time. God, I do believe that you are capable of healing our land. Father, you have called this church to turn the tide in Tom's River through our relentless love, Father. Father, I pray that as we love one person at a time, that you will begin to turn the tide, that you will unite a people around and through your love, Jesus. Father, I pray that as we conclude a series on financial wisdom, Father, that this would open us up to be generous to you, Father. And in our generosity to this community, would they know that there is a God who loves them enough to send his son to die, rise again on, on their behalf, and to leave them with his Holy Spirit, empowered to change the world. Father, thank you that we get to be here doing this. In your powerful name, Jesus, amen. The number on the screen is the uh, debt that Ava and I have left to pay off our student loans. Can we, <laughs> yeah, great, we've been paying for 10 years. <laughs> and we started with about $128,000 between the two of us with student loan debt. And after about 10 years, we still got like $68,000 until we don't have to pay Sally Mae no more money. <laughs> you all feel hopeless like I feel hopeless? <laughs> if uh, at the end of the time, at the end, when we finally pay off our debt, it, we will have paid the banks about $240,000 just so Ava and I could go to college. <laughs> If I were to calculate all of my debt, by the time that I die, I am going to pee away money, if you will, uh, by, by paying the banks up front for money, uh, receiving money for the bank, from banks on the front end of a purchase, that at the end of time, I will have paid them in debt roughly $750,000 just so they can give me money on the front end of a purchase. Three quarters of a million dollars in my lifetime just to give money to a bank because they gave me money first. <laughs> that, when I th thought of that, that is insane. And what makes it insane is that I have no credit card debt. I have two reasonable cars and a house and some student loans. My debt is average at best. And in my lifetime, I will pay three quarters of a million dollars to banks. I really, really wish I would have taken the advice to go to a community college uh, for two years and get my undergraduate, my, my, my prerequisites, whatever those things are, then go to the college of my choice and do that. But instead, I wanted to go and meet new people so I could come back and be broke as a joke. Many people ignore that wisdom when we have a perfectly awesome community college in our backyard, but we want to go meet new people. Then we come back broke as a joke. We can't even afford a night out with the very people we were trying to get away from. And, and now we're like, what do we do? We live instead with our mommies and our daddies for 10 years in their basements. That's the system that we have created in society. The system that we have created says that 16 to 19 year, year olds are able to now make a financial decision to take what is the equivalent of a mortgage out for their education that they're going to be paying on for years and for years and for years. Debt is something 
that is rampant in our society. And I think what Solomon is saying here is that debt threatens our control. Debt threatens control of, of our finances. And this is something that, that Solomon talks about 3,000 years ago. Like thousands and thousands of years ago, he addresses the issue of debt. And guess what? It's only gotten worse. So I think he proved to be very wise to address this issue because what a threat is, a threat, when you communicate a threat, you're communicating that you need to, you need to be aware of something. You need to partner. You need to understand what could happen if you don't understand the threat level. We have threat levels every day that's reported, of the current threat level. We understand the threat so that we can take control, so that we can be part of the solution. Solomon is communicating to us that debt hinders our control, and we must see it as a threat. So first, it's a threat to the borrower. Those of us who would borrow money, this is a threat that we must see. Here's, here's what Solomon says in the first proverb that we'll look at. Wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. Is not debt a facade of wealth gained quickly? You can get with rich by hasty measures, but you won't stay rich. You might think that you have that purchase. You might think that you have that, that income, that, that, that debt. All of a sudden, your bank account grows. But then once you start paying the interest payment, once you start paying those things, eventually you understand that that wealth gained very quickly. Now on the back end, you're not feeling as wealthy as you did when you first got it. Wealth teaches us to under, or I'm sorry, debt teaches us to undervalue money instead of gradually building up, gradually working, grinding, 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 earning that income. We don't value money when we want to get it really, really quickly. Here's what I have been challenged with. Graham and I have talked about this privately in, in conversations, that, that if God all of a sudden just threw money in my lap, I have to be honest and ask this question. Would it change my priorities? Would it lead to my ruin? Would it, would it cause me to undervalue the things that God values? The way I spend my money now, if I'm honest, would, would God look at me as a bad investment? I don't want to gain wealth very quickly because I think it would change my priorities. And I think some of the wealthiest people in this world, percentage-based, are some of the least generous, and I don't want that to be me. Proverbs, Solomon also says this. He says, train up a child in the way that he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. The rich rules over the poor. The borrower is a slave to the lender. Now, Proverbs, sometimes you may have heard other, other people when they, when they communicate this verse, they're taking this verse as a promise. If you have a good mommy and daddy, ergo, you'll be a good son and daughter. That this is a promise. Raise up your child and they will never depart from it. It's not a promise. What it is, what, pro, what Solomon is observing is how life Generally, uh, general, generally, how it usually happens. This is how it usually plays out for mankind. Good parents lead to good kids, but it's not always the case. And so, what you and I, what are we teaching our 
kids is implied in this. Are we, are we instilling upon them wise habits that will become wise habits lived out? But then he goes again to life as generally observed by saying, if you take out a debt, you become slave to which has given you money. The lender rules over the person. So if you live off the system, you're a slave to the system. If you live off of mommy and daddy, you're a slave to mommy and daddy. If you get debt quick, if you have a life of debt, what Solomon is saying then is then you are a slave to the bank because you have obligated yourself to another. Now, why, so why do we do this? If, if, if I read this and I'm like, slave to a lender, well, that sounds like that sucks. So I don't want to do that. But why do we do that? Washington Post uh, published a, uh, uh, a survey, that, um, a uh, thing that was done. Uh, they took some statistics. They, there was these, this group that wanted to see uh, measure happiness with physical fitness and accomplishing certain physical feats. And so they did this, this test, and they, did, they, they look, looked at the, uh, at the Olympics of, uh, two or three Olympics ago, and they looked at, okay, these people are in fit, are fit, they're accomplishing things. Well, they, they wanted to measure happiness with this. And one of the things that they found was when the people were standing on the podium, they had certain tests that they would do, and that naturally who's happiest on the podium? The gold medalist, happiest. Okay, they knew that that was obvious to them. But here's what shocked them next, that the second happiest person on the podium was not the silver medal winner. The second happiest person on the podium was the bronze medal winner. And that the least happy was, was the silver medal winner. Why? Because the silver medal winner started to compare what he or she did not have. He, started, he or she started to compare that I was so close, but I did not get. The gold medalist is happy with what he had, he or she had. The bronze medalist, he or she is happy just to be on the podium. I, I'm just here. I'm thankful. But the silver medalist caught in the middle is discontent when starting to compare. And that is what happens in our society. Comparison is going to kill our contentment. Comparison will kill our, uh, our happiness. Comparison is going to kill our joy and when we start to compare we're unwilling to work hard and to grind but when we start to compare we want it now and we want it instantly and so with what proverbs says in mind i had to ask myself what do i model for my kids what do they see in me do they see in me that daddy needs things right now whatever it takes i want it right now or do they do they hear me comparing myself to others or or what i would hope do they see that i value the local church do they see that i value the things that god values and do i do i see in them that they will die valuing the things that god values that i will die valuing the things that god values i think this is important here's here's one of the one of the psalms Psalm says this, the wicked borrows but does not pay back, but the righteous is generous and gives. The wicked borrows and does not pay back, but the righteous is generous and gives. You want to know who wrote that? David. You all know who David is? Solomon's daddy. <laughs> Solomon learned wise financial habits from his daddy. 
Solomon was, was in charge of building the temple. You know who funded the temple for Solomon? His daddy, who was grinding before he died and, and produced and, and, and got money and gave money out of his own personal wealth for the temple. He, he fundraised with the, with the whole nation and had this whole pool of money that he was able then to give to his son Solomon so that Solomon could honor God and build the temple. So for you and I, if we, are, if we don't want to be slaves to the borrower, what are we teaching our kids and what are we teaching the next generation after us? Are we teaching them to be content? Or are we teaching them that Happiness is found in the endless pursuit of more. It comes up so often in premarital counseling. They, they don't tell me, hey, mom and dad told me this about finances. You know what they tell me? This is what I saw in mom and dad, and this is good or bad, both positive and negative. This is what I saw in mom and dad, and this is why I spend the way I spend. That convicted me, and so uh, I have uh, Ava and I. Well, I read this book and then told Ava about it. Smart Money, Smart Kids by Dave Ramsey and his daughter Rachel. I, I have. A, if you guys want this, it's a free copy afterwards because I realized that I didn't like the, the what I was teaching my kids about finances, and this just has really, really good parenting advice for the parents in the room. Come up after and grab a free a free copy. I want to leave my kids not with an inheritance. I want to leave my kids with wise financial practices. And so he goes on to say it's a threat, yes, to, to the borrower, but it's also a threat to co-signers. He talks, he says this, my son, if you have put up security for your neighbor, have given your pledge for a stranger, if you if you are snared in the words of your mouth, caught in the words of your mouth, then do this, my son, and save yourself. For you have come into the hand of your neighbor. Go, hasten, and plead urgently with your neighbor. Give your eyes no sleep, your eyelids no slumber. Save yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like a bird from the hand of the fowler. Another proverb says this, but, do, but, but be, be not one those who give pledges, a cosigner of sorts, who puts up security for debts. If you have nothing with, with which to pay, why should your bed be taken from you? Proverbs is not saying don't ever co-sign on a loan. What, what Solomon is saying here is you better think very, very carefully before putting security up for somebody else. The implication here is get out of the debt. Get out of it as quickly as possible. Why? Because if said person that is borrowing the money defaults on it, they're going to come after the person that defaults. And if they don't have the income, if they don't have the, position, the possessions to get to, to ratify the loan, guess who they're coming after? The co-signer. That both the one that took the money and the co-signer can lose everything when the debt is not paid. And so if you are going to co-sign on a loan... You must see it as a threat because even in our system here, you can lose everything if said person doesn't pay the loan. He goes on with these next two Proverbs. He says, whoever puts up security for a stranger will surely suffer harm. But he who hates striking hands in, pre uh, uh, in a pledge is secure. The one who lacks sees and gives a pledge and puts up security in the presence of a, of a neighbor who lacks. He's, he's bringing in the neighbor. 
What Solomon is saying to co-sign for a neighbor is foolish. But what, shouldn't we love our neighbor? Shouldn't we help our neighbor? Yes. But you should take into mind that you can lose everything. And what he, what he brings out in this is this human condition. That some of us see co-signing on a loan as generosity. I'll co-sign for you. That's me being generous to you. Oh, sure, I might lose everything. But guess what? The person that borrows in the co-signer, who likely has more possessions? The co-signer. Realistically, the co-signer has more money. So who has more to lose when you co-sign on a loan? The co-signer. So if you have the means to pay off the whole loan, then here's what the wiser decision is. Give them some money so they don't have to take out as much debt. Generosity is actually being generous. If you have the possessions not to harm yourself by co-signing on a loan, then you likely are in a position to simply not, not co-sign. You're in a position simply to be generous to them. And if you're co-signing on a loan, you have to ask this question. Am I helping or hurting the situation? Am I co-signing on a loan that's only going to further somebody's unwise behavior, unwise practices? Am I enabling unwise practices by co-signing on a loan? And if that's true, then you have to say that the threat level is high. Now, I had permission. I, I texted her this week and, and talked to her, her dad, and, and I have permission to, to brag on Shannon Langworthy. Shannon Langworthy is somebody that was in youth group with me back at Bayside. She went to college. Mom and dad helped with college. Then, then she went and she got her doctorate. She is, she is the only doctor in her family. She has her doctorate. And guess what she's doing right now? She's living at home. Because she has a goal as a, as a young person to buy a house in her 20s. And so she's living at home, saving that money. She could be out boozing and cruising, but instead she is saving money in mommy and daddy's basement. And I asked Wheels about that this morning, like, hey, like, how, how do you, like, what do you see in your daughter? And what he sees is that she's hustling. What, she's, what he sees is that she is wise. What, what he sees is that she could be out spending her money in all sorts of ways, but that she is frugal while living in our basement to save up money because guess what? She's grinding little by little, and she's going to put down a huge down payment on a house. She's going to take out less debt. She will be better and wiser for it. And guess what it will equate to? Mommy and daddy are being generous with their basement so they don't have to co-sign on a loan. So if you need a co-signer, why? Is it because you're unwise financially? I can't answer that for you. You have to answer that. And if the answer is yes, you need to see the debt as a threat. Now, if you are about to co-sign on a loan, here's the question. Can you afford to pay the loan should it fall into your lap? Will it ruin you? Are you trusting the person to pay down the debt? Now, then tell me, what about, the, what about said person is trustworthy for them to pay down the debt? Because if you're about to pay off a, a, the equivalent to a home mortgage for your son or a daughter who's about to go to college, meanwhile, you're filling their tank with gas because they can't hold a job, the very like, likelihood is that they are going to default on this loan because they don't have wise financial habits that perhaps co-signing on a loan while they can't even fill their own gas tank is probably unwise. 
And are you enabling unwise behavior where it might be better to pay off a semester of college or it might be better to, to give towards their, their financial education instead of just co-signing on a loan? What is the wiser step? Solomon, the, the, the third thing he talks about is, yes, it's a threat to the borrower, it's a threat to the co-signer, and it's a threat to be avoided. He says, go to the ant, O sluggard. We talked about this person last week, the, a lazy person. Consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief officer or rule, uh, she, she prepares her bread in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. The, the wise person is one that is going to slowly grind. grind, grind. The, the sluggard is said, look at the ant. The ant is, is, a, brainless, is a brainless being, but the, in being brainless, you can look at the ant and you can see, well, when it comes time to grind, they grind to prepare for the future that a lazy person, that an unwise wise person doesn't prepare for the future. They spend now and they'll just worry about it later and they, and they meet their doom. What they're saying is that an unwise person that tries to get rich quickly is just that, an unwise person. And so if money falls into your lap, it will lead to your ruin if you don't have the wise financial habits practiced beforehand. The, the next proverb, he says, the, the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance. The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance. But everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. Now, haste is not a word that we typically use. I'm not going to say my challenge to you here today is not, hey, go in haste. Like, because that's not typically a word that we use. But again, I Googled it for you to help us all out because I didn't quite know what it meant. But it's excessive speed or urgency of movement or action or hurry. It's being hurried. But being hurried is, is, being, is in the context of, of the opposite of laziness. That you can be hurried and lazy. You can be hurried to find a shortcut. You can be hurried to get, to get rich quickly. And that's a form of, of laziness instead of working hard and diligent. That to be hard work and methodical and planned out, that's what it is to be steadfast. That's what it is to be diligent. That's what it is to make wise financial decisions. So, so we value captivating environments where, where we will have environments of excellence, that we will have fun and creativity. Now, I know I've, I've said this before uh, about the screening on, on the back here. But this week I asked about the finances behind the screening. Because I look at this and I'm like, well, this is creative. Like I am like the least creative person in the room and I see these lights down here that they can change different colors. It blows up the wall in all the right ways. It's all fancy and stuff. I'm not stepping on any of this stuff. Like it's all, it's all great. And I look at this wall, I'm like, wow, this is, this is awesome. And I remember walking in here one day and, and Carly was stapling it all to the wall. And, and, and I asked her this week, I was like, how much did all of this cost? And she's like, well, it cost us about $300. And I think that this building, we moved into this building, and, and we moved in for under $80,000, which I think shows diligent effort. You know why I can say that I think this is diligent effort? Because this cost us $300. Carly did the research, and, and she said, well, I, I, call, I called a company, and they were going to come in here and design the whole back wall and make it look beautiful. You know how much that was going to cost us? Four to $5,000 if we wanted to be hasty to have somebody else do the work that we can do. So Carly, when she's like $300 or $5,000, she rolled up her sleeves, put on YouTube videos on how to load a staple gun, and started stapling the back wall. 
And her diligent effort, our diligent effort, I think produced a captivating environment that I am honored to see people come through our doors and hear about the name of Jesus in. Another proverb says this, precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it. Again, another verse about being wasteful with your finances. So if you are going to get finances, if all of a sudden money and product and and things are going to fall into your lap, but if it leads to your spiritual demise, then we must see it as bad. Paul picks this thought up. He says, oh, no one anything except, except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. You know what I owe you? You know what I want to owe you? My love. I don't want to be indebted to you with anything else but my love for you. I want to work harder and harder to get out of financial debt. I don't want to die having given the bank $750,000. I want to die having given the church $750,000 that they in turn will pour into the community so that they hear about the name of Jesus. I'm not trying to build... Chase Bank's financial kingdom. I'm trying to build the kingdom of God through my generosity. I want to owe people love. So we might look at society and say, I, I, have, I have to get into debt. Debt is unavoidable. And to some degree, you are right. Society is doing us no favors. But at the end of the day, there are times where we have to look at ourselves and stop blaming God, stop blaming society, and make our own tough decisions. You can quit smoking and take baby steps towards the car to Uh, work down the car load. You can grind in your sport and get a college scholarship. You can be academically really, really wise and get a college scholarship for your brains. You can go to the great community college that's right in our backyard and save money on your on your four-year degree by doing making that choice. You have you ever considered this app, which is also a website called Schooly or something like that? It was on Shark Tank. It's an app that you can go, you can say, here, as a high school student, here are things that I'm into, here are things that I'm good at, and, and you, they, you put it in the app, and then it returns back thousands of scholarships that companies offer that you can get. All you have to do is do a little work, write a few essays, apply. But so many people don't use a tool like this for one reason. It requires a little bit of work. And they leave thousands and thousands of dollars on the table and said, here's an app that scholarships made easy. It is. Use it. We can find ways to make a simple shift in our thinking, a simple shift that will change everything to us. If you're looking for an immediate payoff, turn one place, Jesus. He changes everything instantly. For everything else, grind. Grind and, and work your way towards it. Here's what we've said. We said that, that debt threatens our control. It's a threat to the, to the borrower. It's a threat to, to the cosigner. It's a threat to be avoided. Check out this video. Hi, everyone. My name's Erica Longfield. So soon we're going to be starting a new series called A Simple Shift here at Wellspring. Um, and so basically I'm going to share some changes and simple shifts I made in my life. And hopefully you guys can find them useful and helpful. Um, one of the ways that motivated me um, to become debt-free was what Jesus says in Proverbs 22.7. Um, and in this verse, he talks about being a slave to the lender. So whatever you borrow from someone, you are a, a slave to them until you pay them what you owe. So a few of the practical and simple ways that I took to pay my loans and pay off my debts 
was number one, just a simple budgeting plan. Um, and then number two, every paycheck I got, I would split into two parts. So one toward my loans and then one of my savings. And then it really just helps to lessen your debts and then to overpay your loans really helps to decrease the amount and so just quickly and effectively pay it off. So one of the most freeing things to being debt free um, is generosity and tithing. Those are really important to me um, and I believe that God calls us to be generous with our money which would include tithing. She's another uh, yeah, student yeah. that was in my youth group and uh, she has paid off, she is 28 or so, debt-free. 28, and she doesn't owe the banks anything. And she started that practice in her 20s, and she's determined to carry that on for the rest of her life. She will not die if she follows through with that, giving the banks three-quarters of a million dollars just for money on the front end of a purchase. If you value money, you hate debt, because debt is a devaluation of money. Debt values things over money. If you value, if you value the money that you have, you don't want to give it to somebody else just for giving you money on the front end. This is why I hate paying the eight, the $2.50 ATM fee because it's a waste of money. It's why I pay off my credit card every single Friday because I'll be darned if I ever give the banks money just for a credit card. I pay it off every single week. So this series has lacked the how-tos. And, and that's because we knew how we were going to end this series by encouraging you to take the theories and the principles that we are learning and apply it and go to something called Financial Peace University. This is something offered in, in all around Tom's River. Every, every church does this, and so this is a one-time thing for us. This is not something that we will re routinely do, but somebody that helped us start this church has, is offering Financial Peace University in the firehouse of Lavalette on Monday nights starting... Uh, uh, February 4th, and so we were able to, to tell you guys about it and encourage you guys to do this. The price of it ranges anywhere from $69 to $129. There's, there's payment plans for it, but, but Ava and I went through this, and I can tell you from experience, this helped us build an, a, an emergency fund, that we put money in the bank so that when our car breaks, breaks down, it's not a financial burden and a car burden, that with money in the bank, it just becomes a car burden. And this was, this was where we started to doing a budget that would help us. And so, yes, I understand that the price of it might be extreme. And you're like, I want to learn how to be better with my money, but you're asking me to put out $128. I get that. I'm asking you to, val to value money, uh, to value control of your finances over things. And so this might be the time to cancel the gym membership. This might be that you're, you're not even using it. So just cancel the gym membership for a month. Put it on hold for three months and sign up for this. Put cable on hold. All the subscriptions that you don't that you're like I want to enjoy this but I'm really stressed out like you watch Netflix because you're so financially stressed out put Netflix on on hold for six months and do this so that you can enjoy Netflix all the better but but value control of your money over things it's time to do that and it's time now that life can be different check out this new song Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to stay connected, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Facebook or Instagram, and if you would like to help us with our mission of igniting a craving for Jesus by relentlessly loving our community, you can find the link to give and all the other ways to connect with us down in the description box below.